closeness of the Galaxy Rise and, you know, they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome to season one, episode number eight of Come On Kind with myself, Martin Quilty and... And I'm Anya Fahey. This evening we are going to be reviewing the quarterfinals of last weekend's Adult Championship Games and later on in studio we will be joined by David Roach, one of our uh, Team of the Year sponsors from the Roach Injury Sports Clinic and David will be here to discuss everything sports related, injury related and about getting involved with our Team of the Year. But uh, first of all we're going to review the senior quarterfinals from last weekend. On you some interesting pop-ups there. We're going to start I suppose for with Piltown and St. Bridget's. The, this is the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship quarter final. It fi- finished up, I should say, St. Bridget's six points, Piltown 3 9. You did predict Piltown could go on and win that, and they did in the end. Yeah, I suppose it's probably not um, a huge shock to, to maybe a neutral spectator to see Piltown coming out of that one. Um, St. Bridget's would have had such a really good league campaign up um, up to now, I suppose. And I, I'd say probably the defeat in the last round against Con, he probably didn't, you know, bode too well and probably kind of stopped the momentum that they were after building, considering that they were after having a really good victory over Young Ireland and um, Wine Gap in the league stages. I suppose for St. Bridget's, you know, they had a good run. They'll probably be disappointed with um, the six, uh, six point um, return in that game. But, you know, I suppose look looking at Piltown and the form that they're in and the calibre of players that they have it was going to be very hard to say that Piltown weren't going to come out of that one victory anyway We did say as well that St. Bridget's had a longer layoff because they had the week break in between the, the mm-hmm. quarterfinal games um, Piltown had a game in between that as well so we did mention that maybe it might come back and bite uh, St. Bridget's but then again I believe Piltown were fairly awesome as well on the day so maybe a combination of both things didn't help St. Bridget's at the end of the day but a good win for Piltown though nonetheless going into the semi-final. Yeah, huge victory for Piltown. I kind of feel like when it comes to the knockout stages of the championship, I think this is where we're going to start seeing Piltown take over. Is it going to be a little bit too late for them? Like should they have maybe kind of started their building form earlier on in the league? Who knows? Only next weekend will tell. But yeah, certainly a great victory for them. Um, They'll be delighted that, you know, they got a good score. They got three good goals and, and nine points up on the scoreboard there. So that'll bring them into a semi-final next weekend. And, you know, they're only growing they're only building on momentum as well and they seem to be kind of gelling at the right time too. Yeah, the second one then on the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai quarterfinal, senior quarterfinal that is, was the meeting of Dixborough and uh, St. Lacton's Liz Downey. I suppose when you look at the scoreline, Dixborough had it all too easy in the semi-final. St. Lacton's Liz Downey will be disappointed, especially after getting to the final uh, last year. But it finished up Dixborough 3-18, St. Lacton's Liz Downey, one goal and six points. And Dixborough march on to the semi-final. Certainly have and what a comprehensive scoreline to be thrown up as well 3-18 I spoke to a couple of people who were at the match and they have said that Dixborough are by far the best team that they've seen in the, in the county championship so far they're just so well balanced and I think we've spoken about this throughout the last couple of episodes of the podcast that Dixborough seem to be they're just so gelled they're really united and they're just strong all over the field from number one to, number one to 15 um, and then when you have the likes of a player the likes of um, Orla, Orla Henry 
Limerick to be able to bring off the bench there what an experience to be able to just drag her in off the bench you know pivotal with her freeze but just also an excellent leader to have on the field um, and Dixborough will be delighted with that 318 it's a mighty score for Liz Downey St. Lactons disappointing day at the office for them and I'm sure that they are absolutely gutted they would have probably wanted to put on a better show um, for the spectators there but you know Dixborough and I said this after when I got heard the scoreline and people were talking about them I genuinely now feel that and I'm going to call it Dixborough going to win the county final this year and I'm calling it early. <laughs> well, that's a right way to call it early. Uh, I don't know whether certain people now that we know down uh, the Thomastown direction might agree with that. But sure, you never know. As people said, we we're given uh, close plenty of ammunition with our podcast mm. over last weekend, which is brilliant. Um, I suppose we'll come to your own game then uh, against said Thomastown. Uh, the scoreline, I believe, doesn't reflect this. And I know because I've been talking to some uh, people below in Thomastown as well. They said the Tullerone put it up to him, gave him a really good test going in to the semi-final as they knew they would. And I know I you said it yourself as well that five points doesn't reflect what effort he put into the game, mm-hmm. the chances he just couldn't convert him. If you look at the scoreline, one fifteen to five points, you'd say Thomastown had it easy. Whereas in fact, it wasn't that way at all at all. No, it certainly wasn't. And I suppose it's one of those kind of cliche games where you say the score definitely doesn't reflect this game. You know, uh, from a Tullerone perspective, we just wanted to go out and we just wanted to showcase our talent and we just wanted to work hard. We were under no illusions that it was going to be a tough task for us. But I think, you know, overall from our point of view we gave a really spirited performance like obviously we're disappointed with the result and I think out of all the games I've played with Tullerone that was definitely that was definitely one of the most disappointing games you know to come out at the end of it and have a loss even though we felt that we had performed so so well yep the score certainly doesn't reflect it um, we just could not break down the Thomastown full back line they were absolutely excellent the scores just didn't come from us and I suppose for underdogs when you're going into a game like that and you're coming up against the, you know the hot favourites you need every look at the ball to go with you you need every sideline to go with you you need every free to go with you and it just you know just on the day it was just small little things um, that were different and I suppose it kind of showed Thomason's experience being in county finals and being the team that they are that they did push through on it but I would say and I'm not going to, I'm not just saying this and I'm not being biased but I, I honestly think Tullerone were the better team for a good 45 minutes of that we just couldn't convert where it mattered most um, but Thomason yeah they're a very very good outfit you know we've a lot to learn from it and we feel like we have grown we've grown more from that game than we have a lot of lot of other games over the last couple of years and as disappointing and all as it is and to, to only be kind of getting five points on the board yeah absolutely devastating but you know we're very proud of our performance and you know unfortunately it's the end of the road for Tullerone and Thomastown march on yeah well they certainly do and march on into the semi-final which we will get to because that's going to be a mouth-watering mm. semi-final now the draw was made last night of course um, for all of the semi-finals for the weekend coming the last of the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai senior quarter-finals saw neighbours Young Ireland's of Gordon and Clara come up again one another now last week when we were discussing this we said it could be a very close game that it could end up in a draw it might go to extra time 
by God, how wrong we were. And a comprehensive 10-point victory for Clara in the end. It's a great result for Clara. Yeah. Puts them into the semi-final again. But I think Gordon, uh, Young Ireland, that is, of course, will be disappointed, especially after they get into the semi-final last year as well. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, <laughs> probably from hindsight, I've only kind of seen Clara, pro- Clara play, you know, properly this year in the championship. Um, and they are excellent. And I honestly did think that this game was going to be a lot closer. But as you said, God, were we wrong. A 10-point victory there for Clara. And that's a that's a phenomenal victory to be having. What confidence that's going to give you going into um, going into a, a semi-final. And especially considering it was probably the one game out of the four senior games that it was going to be very hard to predict a winner and it was going to be probably the toughest game there. Um, Young Ireland, yeah, they will be disappointed that they're not going any further. But Clara, you know, they're coming up slowly through the radar there. And I think they could be dark horses as well. And, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how they get on next weekend. Well, two mouth-watering semi-finals we have in store for the weekend. I have one serious gripe over all of the matches that was going on over the weekend, right? And we're on about social media and the whole lot. Now, I have to compliment both Young Ireland's and Clara because they always uh, tweeted the score of what it was. But at the end of the day, then, for the likes of myself and you, when we are coming in to do a podcast like this and someone might be after scoring 418 or whatever, we don't know the scores because the clubs themselves are not actually putting up who scored at mm. the end of the day, either in a small little report or even with the apps that's going at the minute, even to take a screenshot of the scorers, put them up and you'll be able to see it. That's the biggest gripe I have that we don't actually know who does most of the damage, who does the scoring. Mm-hmm. And if clubs were able to do that, to be more interesting as well for the spectators and especially for us as well. Yeah, it certainly would considering that all the games are on at 11 o'clock and it's very hard to, you know, to be getting around to all of these games, especially, you know, like yourself, you're a referee and I'm playing as well. Like I would love nothing more now to be going to the Gus games and, you know, Unfortunately, you know, I, we don't get to play next week, so I definitely will be getting to some games. Um, but yeah, disappointing that you're kind of not being able to keep an eye on, you know, the main names that are coming up on the scoring system, you know, for the last couple of games, because it would be interesting to see who would actually be top scorer in the championship, because we've mentioned this three, four episodes ago. The scores that have been raked up in the Camogie Championship this year is absolutely unbelievable. There's like some crazy scores. You see Dixper there, 318 in, in a county quarter final against last year's county champ, uh, county finalists. You know, some serious scores there have been thrown up. So it would be really good to see, you know, who's kind of c- consistently, you know, a performer for the club and scoring wise, or is it down to freeze or whatever the case may be. Yeah, so it is a bit disappointing. It would be great if the clubs would just throw them up. You know, it's we're not nobody's we're not trying to keep a secret now if they're the top players in the club people are going to know about them so you know it would be great just to, to find out what's going on and who's doing all the damage But like you said a couple of podcasts ago we were looking to see with the high scores and the whole lot mm. we asked as in Aoife Lanigan and the county board asked for the clubs to send in all of their scores for the championship games which at that stage was only three games Yeah, four to five clubs sent back in their top scorers into it. Like when you're trying to promote Camogie mm-hmm. and promote club Camogie, as we have been trying to do as best as we can here, yeah. it's very hard when the clubs are not cooperating and putting in the simple thing of who scored what in the championship games for yourselves. Like you said, we can keep a record. It helps us then uh, as well going forward with the games because obviously there might be a game that our spies, us, the referees, might see something different and we can't get it. But it's nice to have a record of who's after scoring in these games as well.
well. Yeah, it certainly is. Like, and you know, I suppose when it comes from the other side of that, when it comes to us picking an all-star team, like, you know, are you going to leave off somebody that's potentially going to be the top scorer of the year because we have Well, it has happened them? at inter-county level. Do you know, like this is it. Like, and you look for a prime example. I think Neve Mallon from Down is the top scorer in the senior championship this year. And, you know, if the scores weren't really being got because she, they were knocked out in the quarterfinal or or uh, in the knockout stages, like is she, going, is she not going to get an all-star because of that? You know, thankfully they were keeping the they're keeping the scores there so it would it be really good and you know what I think it would kind of add a bit of spice to the championship as well and kind of everybody kind of keeping an eye on see how did such and such body get on today or what did they score because you know we hear about you know all these great talesmen in the likes of Joe Cannings and the Henry Sheffins and the TJ Reeds of the world and what they're scoring throughout their championship campaigns and it would be great if we could get in on it and get in on it with the camogie as well at club level yes it is hard absolutely for us I you know I think everybody knows if we could do it ourselves we'd do it but we just physically cannot get to the matches so we do need that little bit of extra support well, It's so easy message. now yeah. for clubs at the minute there's so many apps going it's nice and easy to put it on the app the team at the start of the game put it in through it who's after scoring and mm-hmm. putting it out then via a tweet or even put it up on social media on their Facebook pages later on just a small little report of yeah Tullerone were defeated by Thomastown today 115 to 5 points who scored for Thomastown who scored for Tullerone yeah you know, nice and simple, nothing too elaborate or anything that way, but it makes our jobs a hell of a lot easier when we go try and look for them kind of things. Oh, it certainly does and it would be great and, you know, I suppose maybe we could kickstart it off this weekend if we could try just get it out to the clubs that maybe There's just a challenge. send us, yeah, get us, get us, let us know who's uh, performing well in semi-finals, who's scoring in semi-finals. Let's see who's kind of, we'll say, we're really into the nitty gritty now of the championship stage and let's see who's going to be coming out top score at the end of that. Like, it's unfortunate we haven't been able to do it the last couple of weeks, but we might as well start now start somewhere and let's let's tre- see if we can kickstart it this weekend Exactly talk about nitty gritty of championship we're moving on now to the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship game and by God there were some surprises in this we're going to start off first of all with the James Stevens and Roar in Steak game James Stevens 2-18 Roar in Steak scoring 3-4 again a fancied James Stevens team that you said uh, last week but we did predict that James Stevens would go through on it and they have marched into the semi-final so a good win for a team that has just come up from junior last year Excellent and you can imagine that the confidence is just growing and growing in the village right now um, you know an excellent scoreline again but they have been one of those teams all year that have been consistently scoring really high scores and, and it's nothing got to do with maybe the opposition that they're playing they're just very very consistent you know 18-19 points per game is phenomenal and you know what yeah okay they leaked three goals to Roar Nishtig there at the weekend but they haven't really been conceding that much either they're very very strong and you know they are definitely with well within their rights to be going into a semi-final this weekend and they're probably a team that everybody has underestimated up to now but I'd say there is a little bit of fear creeping into whoever they're going to be playing in a semi-final because they're a team very very much on form and it's very very hard to beat a winning habit and a winning mentality and James Stevens certainly have that at the moment They certainly do and they'll go into the semi-final beaming with confidence uh, we'll announce who they're playing later on I suppose the shock to everyone over the weekend and I know I got it in the neck and you got it in the neck from everyone involved that we were after writing off St. Clair's last year and this was only going to go one way and Emerald St. Anne's was going to blow him out of the water by God was the tide turned around especially from a couple of weeks ago when they played one another it ended up Emerald St. Anne's 13 points St. Clair's 3 goals and 12 points a huge turnaround disappointment for Emerald St. Anne's 
by God, St. Clair's won't mind. And I think uh, <laughs> yourself and myself is uh, getting a lot of credit because we completely uh, wrote him off last weekend. Yeah, we did. And we spoke about this, you know, just moments ago before we started up here. Um, you'd have to go on the league the league campaign. You'd have to go on the performances and the scorelines that were being put up. They just didn't seem to be motoring well. They weren't able to get the results. But by God when they needed to get a result. Something clicked somewhere along the they line for him. Got it in style against an Emerald St. Anne team that I had backed to get to a county final this year. Emerald St. Anne's, I'd say, are absolutely devastated with that. And part of me kind of thinks that maybe did they just take their eye off the ball there for a split second. It probably didn't help the fact that they had beaten St. Clair so comfortably only the week previous or two weeks previous. And that was probably in the back of their head as well. Like, you know, oh, this is literally we're just going to go out here, throw on the jersey and on we go. They could have potentially come a little bit complacent in that way. Because I think but if memory serves me right, it was 15 points or something yeah. in the, the difference at that game. That's a huge turnaround within what a week or two. Um, St. Clair scoring up, uh, scoring three twelve and that, and you know going to be, you know, setting their sights on a county semi final now, and well within their rights. And congratulations to them, fair play to them. We won't take any of the credit, Martin. To be fair, we better not. Um, but um, yeah, congratulations to them, and you know they're going to be a serious opposition going into the the semi final as well. Well, we did say last week that they are a very young team. Yeah. they are learning. It was a massive learning curve for them. I immediate level but that is going to stand now to St. Clair's going into a semi-final the fact that they have beaten one of the favourites yeah. for the championship this year they are now not going to mind who they get in the semi-final albeit that we, we will do the semi-finals later on they're probably going to be underdogs going into the semi-final again yeah. but they're going to love that tag at the minute <laughs> Absolutely and they are going to be underdogs going into it and you know I hope they don't take offence to us saying that but they absolutely are going to be underdogs going into this you know they're a team that basically they've only come up from junior in the last two three years um, probably didn't make their their stamp on the intermediate grade. I think that is fair to say um, until now. And I think that I think the result that they got at the weekend is really after showcasing their presence at intermediate level. And um, yeah, they're going to be going in overwhelming underdogs of that. And as I said earlier, I wouldn't like to be the opposition coming up against them because, you know, I think that game against Emma St. Anne's, as you've mentioned, heavily heavily fancied for an intermediate championship this year and for St. Clair's to go out and do that to them you know that's you know that's going to be hurting Emerald St. Anne's but St. Clair's that's going to be a massive massive boost to them they're going to be bringing confidence down there their momentum is going to carry them through into a semi-final and you never know what could happen on that day Yeah I suppose then do you think that maybe from the semi-final point of view that St. Clair's saw exactly what Emerald St. Hans had the couple of weeks previous to that. So then they were able to adjust and get the matchups right, which I believe they put Orla Feelin on Davina Tobin. And like you've always said, if you're going to do a man marking job on mm. someone, put a player on it that's just going to stick to somebody all day, even if you're getting small little flicks away. And yeah. that's not just to single out Orla, but I believe she was the one that was on Davina and she didn't give her a sniff of the ball all day. And we, you and me know that if you mm-hmm. take Davina out of any team, whether it be with her club or with County, you have a great chance of going forward and winning a game. So... I, I think St. Clair's probably benefited even from a, a couple of weeks previous. They knew what Emerald St. Hans had. Mm-hmm. Emerald St. Hans, as you said, maybe not really because they gave St. Clair's such a beating. And yeah. 
backfired but it certainly worked for St. Clair's. It certainly has and you often in situations like that you learn more from a loss than you do from a victory and clearly St. Clair's had learned a lot more from that defeat that they had against the Emerald St. Anne's. As you said they got their matchups right you know a player to sacrifice their own game for the for the sake of the team it's you know it's it's huge it's huge credit to her and it just shows the kind of team the, the It's a huge call work. for a manager as well though yeah. to put pressure like that on someone and for them to perform if they don't do it they get the blame for it yeah. if it works like it probably did great it was a, a magnificent decision to go ahead and do that so certainly was like Davina I suppose is kind of like the Denise Gall of the wine gap she's a player that you have to be able to control you have to be able to keep her at bay and you know she could potentially I don't want to be putting pressure on her now but she could potentially be the winning or the losing of a game and you know for St. Clair's they, they had their homework done they got their matchups right and they learned a lot more from their from their loss and you know they took it on board they were probably very disappointed with the 15 point victory it's been taken down to Galmai of a Sunday morning um, and you know just came out with they had nothing to lose they were going to throw everything at them and everything they tried just seemed to work on the day and you know they got the rewards and they're going straight into a county semi-final now They surely are and we'll be looking forward to that The next game up is Mullinavat versus O'Loughlin Gales Mullinavat 4-14 O'Loughlin Gales 2-9 the result does not and I can tell you this for a fact because I was up at this game uh, reflect the amount of pressure that uh, O'Loughlin Gales put on Mullinavat for long periods in that game but Mullinavat's experience just shone through in the very end. Yeah you'd have to kind of, I suppose like you would have to kind of say that Mullinavat will be kind of fancied now and the fact you have Emerald St. Anne's are kind of gone out of the, the championship there now Mullinavat seemed to be kind of you know sitting at the top of that pedestal there Um yeah, really good result for them. I suppose we had seen a couple of weeks previous Mullinavat and O'Loughlin's had played each other in the league stages and it was again another very tight battle as well. Um, when you've got the likes of Leanne Fenley, Elaine Aylward, Julianne Malone, all of these girls, just their presence alone on any team, it's, it's, just, it's just a magnificent state to have a team in and just their leadership, all the experience from their years of building a club. Like those girls have won senior county titles with Mullinavat as well. And, you know, I suppose that's just probably what pushed Mullinavat through and they've got a couple of nice young players in there around them that are just they're feeding off the ooze of confidence and the experience that the girls are showing on the field O'Loughlin's will probably be a bit obviously they are going to be devastated after that they probably were very unlucky that the fact that they did draw Mullinavat in a, in a quarter final um, but O'Loughlin's Camogie seems to be kind of it's on the up like you know they're being consistent this year they've had some really good results this year and you know overall they're probably going to be happy with their with their performance so far this year but on, on ultimately it was Mullinavat who kind of pipped them at the end of the day and they're going through to a county semi-final now Yeah well Mullinavat were five points to two ahead of the water break O'Loughlin Gales then outscored them 1-4 to no score after the water break. It was 1-6 to 1-5 at half time. But just literally when the referee threw in the ball um, in the second half, Leanne Finley went down and got a goal. Um, and it came back then to, to draw it up like and within a couple of a five minute period. I think they were well, well ahead. They got a penalty even in the 16th minute after that. Um, at the second half water break, it was gone to 3-11 to 2-7. Now, Philly Fogarty, I have to say, was very, very good on O'Loughlin's. She scored two fantastic bullets of goals, one particular solo run herself. She got a ball in the second half, ran at least 30 to 35 metres all through the Mullinavat defence and put a bullet of a shot mm. past the Mullinavat goalkeeper. If a man done it, you would praise him and be talking about it for years to come. It was that 
that good of a goal but as you said when you have Leanne Finley up in the full forward line and herself and Julianne combined for a fantastic 1-2 goal between them um, Leanne like looking at her in the second half she was just completely unstoppable and if you put any senior defence up against her yeah. uh, on the day there was nobody going to stop her but fair play to all Aucklands they did put her up to Mona Navat for long periods of time in that game They yeah they certainly did and you know if you've got the likes of Philly Fogarty there you know that this woman has she's played at the top level with Tipperary she knows her stuff she knows how to do it um, when you have a player of her calibre that's able to slot into a team there you know she's a great addition to them and just her experience alone you know you know, Philly has been around a long, long time. And I remember when I was growing up, like I was looking up to a player like her. You know, she played with Tip Rare for many, many years. I want to say she won an All-Ireland with Tip, but I could be wrong on that. You know, she's got she's got a massive amount of experience. And I'm sure the young girls that are playing with O'Loughlin are just feeding off her experience, as are the young girls that are playing with Mullinavash when they're looking up to the likes of Elaine Aylward, Leanne Fenley and Julianne Malone. Um, you know, a great spectacle. I would have loved to see Philly Fogarty and Elaine Aylward um, going one-on-one there on Sunday. I'd say that Surprisingly be, enough, they weren't even marking yeah, one another. I think that would have been a very, very saucy battle if the two of them had to come up against each other talk about experience that that would have been a showcase of absolute class if that was to happen yeah no in fairness to Mona Navash they really shone through uh, and brought their experience to the table against Old Auckland Gales but fair play to Old Auckland for putting up such a fantastic and brave effort in that the last game of the Intermediate Championship uh, last weekend in the last quarter final saw Barrow Rangers play Ballyhale Shamrocks it ended up Barrow Rangers 2-9 Ballyhale Shamrocks 1 goal and 10 points I suppose an easy enough game for Barrow Rangers but Ballyhale certainly did put her up to him in that game uh, but again it'll stand to Barrow Rangers going forward now into the semi-final and they're the fourth and final team in the intermediate semi-finals the weekend. Yeah and I kind of feel like Barrow Rangers are you know quietly unassumingly coming through the intermediate um, championship stages there you know, I suppose like they're not blowing the place up a light, but they're slowly but surely just getting through their games. And, you know, they may not be raking up massive, massive score lines, but, you know, they're coming through potentially as dark horses there as well. They're back in a county semi-final. They were in a county semi-final last year, so they're obviously going to go to, want to go one step further. Um, and, you know, ably aided with Miriam Bambrick, Colette Dormer, Shauna Tracy, Roisin Breen, all these players who have been around for a, a long time at Bar Rangers and have been really keeping the club going down there. And, you know, it'd be great to see them get over the line in, in their next game and push on and get to a county final because I do feel if they got to a county final, you could really see a, a masterclass of a showpiece there whoever they come up against and you know I think they're being very unassuming and they're probably very happy to be coming up very much in under the radar now you know we're, we're all talks about the Julianne or the Julianne Malones the Leanne Fennies the Elaine Aylwards you know of the world for Mullinavat and you know we're not really mentioning Barrow Rangers too much and they're probably very happy with that they just want to kind of coast through and then when it comes to the big lights they're just going to they're just going to light up the stage altogether Yeah I think again they'll be disappointed with the performance in the semi-final last year they're back again in the same 
same spot again this year they'll want to go one step further and get to the county final and get up to senior level which I suppose brings us to this weekend's uh, matches we do the junior um, very very soon but I will start off with the senior semi-finals which we're going to preview now for this weekend coming and some mouth-watering toys that we have in uh, this game I suppose the first one is a standalone fixture um, due to the way that the draws and that worked out we have Dixborough against Thomastown in Park Seamus Steve Vaughan which is the James Stevens pitch on the Kells Road that's going ahead on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock two titans uh, mm-hmm. Anya going battle to battle in this one if you had pay-per-view you'd be looking to go and see this one it's a mouth-watering clash how do you feel this one is going to go oh, this is going to be a cracker this is going to be an absolute cracker of a game well Please. considering now that I suppose you've uh, tipped the Dixborough earlier yeah. on so yeah and I am and I'm sticking firmly with Dixborough on this I, I honestly think that Dixborough are I think Dixborough are going to push through this game um, I think it's going to be I think this is going to be a brilliant game of Camogie anyway you're coming up against two as you said titans of the Kilkenny Camogie scene at the moment um, I don't know what it is I suppose from after playing against both teams this year I'm kind of looking at them in the case where I just think Dixborough have a more solidified 15 players that are all just exceptional Camogie players not saying anything not saying that Thomaston are not because they're obviously a fantastic um, bunch of Camogie players as well but I just don't know what about it's something about Dixbury this year I feel like they are they're really really gunning for a county final as I mentioned earlier on I think they're disappointed with their performance from last year and they're trying to make amends from this the, a lot of the girls have they're a lot older mentally they're a lot stronger physically they're a lot stronger and then you have of course they're after bringing in this whole new wave of new players Asher McCarty is in there Amy Clifford is in there Nee Phelan is in there and these girls have just sloshed into this team like they have been there for the last 10 years it's not like they're new kids on the block at all um, and you know they're the girls that are kind of lighting up the world for Dixbury you know they're not depending on you know, your Jenny Cliffords, your Keir Phelan's, you for Prendergast, even though these girls are phenomenal players as well. But I do like to think that these younger ones, there's just something about them. There's something really special about them. Um, It's going to be a great game, but I honestly fancy Dixburg to go all the way on this. I suppose for a fact that we can't write Thomastown no, off either God, no. because, I mean, they have such talent as well out there um, I mean if realistically it's probably going to be the battle of the mm. weekend I mean the two of them have been there before winning county titles you've said it way back uh, in early podcast that Dixborough will certainly be looking to make amends from last year they did not perform and the fact that they have a mix of blended players coming in a bit like Freshford we said yeah. a couple of podcasts ago as well that they were mixing the old and the new and bringing them in and slotting them in seamlessly like I mean I I was listening to someone uh, that said something about a soccer team there during the weekend and the fact that they were able to bring in different players but they slotted into the team and do exactly the same job as yeah. the other players that weren't there before and that seems to be a bit like what Dixborough are doing at the minute but again you're right Thomastown off at your peril I mean they mm. are the county champions yeah. they're still involved in Leinster Championship from yeah. last year like which is a bit crazy they could be involved in Leinster from 2020 and uh, 2021 almost within a couple of weeks of mm-hmm. one another but certainly it's going to be a titanic battle but you're sticking with Dixborough for this one anyway Yeah I'm 
sticking it to Exeter. I think it's going to yeah, it's going to be a crazy match. Um, there's going to be nothing much in it. I just I don't know what it is about Exeter. I think just after seeing now the two teams, I'm um, in full flight. Um, I do think that Exeter. I do think that Exeter are going to pipe that one anyway. Okay, well, as we said, that is the first of our Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior County Semi-Finals. Dixborough taking on the mighty Thomastown in Park Seamus Stephon on Sunday at 11 o'clock. And for anyone that doesn't know at this stage, that is the James Stevens playing grounds out on the Kells Road at an 11 o'clock throw-in. And it certainly is a one to go and watch. The other game then in the second Senior Semi-Final, we have Piltown against Clara. Again, we can't give you a time or venue on this because there was a venue put on this, I know, early yesterday evening uh, when the draws were made. But that venue, due to whatever reason, is not going ahead. But Piltown will take on Clara on Sunday in the second semi-final with venue and time to be confirmed. But uh, that's relevant on you to what we are here for. So how do you see this game going between, again, two fantastic titans? We have champions from a couple of years ago against the newbies, I suppose, coming up, they have won the intermediate uh, championship as well. So it could be another tight affair. I think so. I think uh, both teams are probably counting their blessings that they weren't drawn against either Dixborough or Thomastown, to be fair. And I think that both teams are probably going to go into this game brimming with confidence, knowing that they have invited Thomastown and Dixborough, knowing that it's a massive occasion for either team to potentially push on to a county final. For Pilltown, that's where they want to be. That's their aim. For Clara, they could seriously break through here. And I'm going to go on a gamble on this one and I'm going to go for Clara. I just think, I don't know what it is about them. I have a feeling I have a feeling they're going to they're going to make it they're going to make it it's going to be a tough game but I think Clara are just going to edge that one and it's a big gamble but I'm going to take it Okay, that is a huge gamble it's that you're going gamble. for there considering yeah. that you've been tipping Piltown all along that if they can get everything right yeah. get all their players on song that apart from Dixborough now winning the senior championship yeah. these are probably going to be second to it and you've done a complete U-turn now oh, and you're yeah. going for Clara with it. I go for Clara. I don't know what it is. Like I kind of felt like after last weekend between Young Irelands and Clara I didn't expect Clara to come out with such a comfortable victory of 10 points. Having played against them in the championship yeah I thought they were good like they're they're really good really consistent really balanced I just don't know I they're not a team I'd like to be playing in a semi-final because I think that they just give it their all and they have nothing to lose if anything I think all the pressure is going to be on Piltown in this one and I'd hate to say it but I feel like Piltown could potentially think that they're after getting an easy route into a county final and I think that could be the rock that they could perish on um so yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick to my guns here now, and I'm going to go to Clara. But that's going to be a tight game as well. It's going to be two cracking semi-finals, regardless. You know, you got Thompson, Dixborough, Piltown, and Clara. It, it's going to be excellent. It's going to be a massive showcase of you know senior club Camogie and Kilkenny, and you know those two are the games to be to be at and to be to be brilliant if both games could be on at the same venue at different times, obviously, so that people could really get a, an absolute fest of it. You know, it was great last weekend to be able to go into the park and you know watch the the senior club semi-finals to 
to four great teams in one venue, giving everybody the opportunity to do it. And it'd be great if we could get those two games in the same venue as well to be to be absolutely brilliant for them. But well, unfortunately, um, the two senior semi-finals can't be in the same venue, and there's a reason for that. And we didn't do the junior uh, results from last weekend, but the fact that uh, Piltown has come out in it, the Piltown games will be part as a double header for the junior and the senior in the one venue because in fairness to the club themselves if you had them in two different venues and even at different times for supporters wise and that it's not very fair and we've always been on about equality and promoting mm-hmm. in the whole lot so that's the reason why the Th- Dixborough and Thomastown game is actually a standalone fixture we're assuming the Piltown Clara game is going to be the later time at yeah. probably the one o'clock mark again we don't know where it's on yet because the junior game will probably precede that first anyway um, but that's the reason why just on that one that the, the two senior semi-finals can't be a double header Well it would be great then if one was 11 and one was one so at least pay, people could be ch- racing around the county trying to get to two of them because they will be two absolute crackers of game and you know fair play I suppose if they are going to put the a junior a junior Piltown game on before the, the senior one that's excellent it gives everybody the opportunity and it's good to see a double header I think that's important when we come to this stage of the championship as well to try and have as many double headers as we can um, and it's just going to promote the game because you know people are going to want to win you know I suppose you know it's the real old saying Usher it's just a camogie match you know go in and watch it um, if you have two great games and you know unfortunately okay I guess the reason why they're doing it it would have been great to have the two senior games but whatever the case may be they're going for this but you're still going to have two cracker of uh, games on when Bill Tenner in the junior and in the senior so whatever the case may be it's still giving everybody an opportunity to get to both senior senior semi-finals if needs be It certainly will Talking about double headers there is certainly a double header happening in the intermediate semi-finals over the weekend the first of them will be Barra Rangers versus St. Clair's that is going ahead in Thomastown at 11 o'clock and we all know that you're going to say it and St. Clair's are going in as the underdogs and Barra Rangers are slight little favourites but ever so slight because they're going in under the radar as well but call this one for us how do you see it going? (sighs) Yeah let's okay let's be fair here now you're going to have to go for Barra Rangers on this just specifically with the form that we have seen St. Clair's in I know they absolutely had a fantastic victory last week against a team that would have been heavily fancied to get to a county get to a county semi-final county final and potentially win a county final but I do think that Barra Rangers I do think their experience alone is going to shine out now you know, we're probably going to get a couple of text messages from a couple of people <laughs> uh, telling us we were wrong. Just, just a couple. Um, but yeah, no, um, I'm going to have to go with Bar Rangers on this. I do think St. Clair's will put it up to them. I do think St. Clair's, with the result that they got last week, they are going to be brimming with confidence. They're going to be on a bit of a momentum at the moment. But I do think Bar Rangers are just sneakily just getting through their league stages there. And, you know, they, I don't think, are going to take St. Clair's for granted on this. I think they're going to show them the utmost respect um, and potentially, you know, you know, it is going to be a tight game, but I, I do think Bar Rangers are going to come out victories in that one. It is going to be a fantastic game as mm-hmm. well. Both teams have a lot of young players that is capable of showing lots of great skill, yeah. you know, passion, the whole lot. We know that the managements on both teams will certainly show passion as well. But as you said, and I said to you earlier, that in all the matches that's going ahead all through the years and every pundit that's involved in RTE that's up there and 
they are supposedly professionals in air quotes than calling games and the whole lot there's a lot of them that don't get the, the games right either but on form um, and I suppose the fact that Barrow Rangers have been in the semi-final uh, last year they've had this experience of that yes St. Clair's have been in a county final before as well but it's like the Hurling there is a big step up Mm -hmm. in grades when you go from junior intermediate or intermediate to senior as we've seen with Young Ireland's have you know done very very well then they're starting to come back a small bit because Clara has caught up a small little bit they are now going a step Mm -hmm. ahead Conaghy we see has played well in the league sections of it you know they didn't do so well then when it came to the knockout stages yeah. and you come up again the, the so-called bigger teams and that so on form and the fact that Barrow Rangers has been there before last year in the semi-final didn't really perform either you know you really have to look at Barrow Rangers you know when you're in it but on saying that as we saw last week if St. Clair's can get a match up right mm-hmm. against the Barrow Rangers players, they're still in with a fantastic chance of making the county final. They certainly are. Listen, every team is going to have an equal opportunity to get to a county final and anything can happen on county semi-finals or county semi-final days and anything can happen in a county final. You know, I suppose we were training last Friday night and Brendan Cal kind of said to us, had you ever heard of that team, Carnican up in Mayo, uh, Cora Staunton's football team, they were going for like their 20th uh, Mayo football title. And a bit they like Moishal the weekend. Yeah. yeah, I think they're going next weekend or whatever it is. Is it 27 or 28 yeah. as well? I Crazy. Think? Like, I think Carnican, where they've had the most titles in a row between men and women in, in all codes, and that was history. And they were beaten by. 10, 12 points in the football um, there two weekends ago. And, you know, even champions are there to be beaten. And even like, you know, the heavily fancy teams are being there to be beaten. And it's just all about what the players are going to put out on, what players are going to go out on the day and what attitude they're going to go out with on the day. And, you know, St. Clair's are going to have no fear. They're going to be, they're going certainly going to know that they are going to be underdogs like they were underdogs last year. They're probably after making a little bit of a name for themselves now after beating Emerald St. Anne's, you know, so they're, you know, Bar Rangers are going to be that little bit cautious about them. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's going to be a great match, but you would have to say at the moment looking at the experience that Bar Rangers have um, playing at intermediate level for as long as they have and getting to an intermediate semi-final last year as well they're going to want to push on that one step further and I do think it is going to be their day well it's anybody's day as we said getting to a game two teams in it it's a 50-50 chance mm-hmm. of going through but what an intriguing semi-final that's going to be the other intriguing semi-final in the Shaw's department store uh, championship is going to be James Stevens versus Mullinavash that is the second part of the double header it's at one o'clock in Thomastown as well on Sunday two heavyweights mm. when it comes to getting to finals and playing in semi-finals whether it be hurling or camogie or whatever it is this is going to be an intriguing battle because you predicted Mullinavash could win the county final mm-hmm. uh, going back a couple of weeks ago you've said it all along that James Stevens has been going along nice and steady yeah. under the radar scoring plenty yeah. I suppose the question is can Mullinavash stop the scoring threat of James Stevens or who's going to win? Like interestingly enough the winners of this are going to win the county final in my opinion I know that's a big call to say and I know St. Clair's and Bar Rangers are probably going to want to have a Well you're making to big calls like tonight that. anyway so uh, Oshie we might as well just let it all out here tonight we might as well just go with it uh, Yeah this is going to be this is going to be very very interesting I have been a firm kind of favourite in the fact that I do think I did think Mullinavash were going to win a county final all those six seven weeks ago when we started this Um 
But I just think the way James Stevens are coming up, you know, they're looking dangerous. They're looking deadly up front. They're looking very solid at the back there. They're the new the new kids on the block here at intermediate level. Mulnavat, yet yeah, they've been at intermediate the last couple of years for the experience that they have from, you know, winning umpteen senior county titles, umpteen Leinster championships. You know, it's, you know, it's going it's it's going to be a massive game for both teams. I'm kind of nearly afraid to say it because I did predict Mullivat for a county final, but I just think the form James Stevens are in, they could they could edge this one very very slightly. Well, I did say it's to going you, to be hard to know. Yeah, looking at O'Loughlin's from last weekend's game, when O'Loughlin's put it up to Mullivat, it did put Mullivat under pressure, mm-hmm. but the experience did tell. I can't say that James Stevens are better than O'Loughlin's because yeah. nobody knows when it comes to a quarterfinal or what could happen in it. But yeah, if James Stevens can keep the threat of Leanne Fenley yeah. and Julianne Malone down to a minimum, um, because as I said to you, once Leanne gets in around any defence mm-hmm. at all, she is lethal. If they can curtail Leanne in full forward, James Stevens has a fantastic chance of winning this game. They surely do. They have a great opportunity. You know, they've kind of just coasted through the whole intermediate championship so far. And, you know, being the, the new kids on the block, it, they kind of, they've done it so effortlessly as well. Like they, they haven't kind of come across any bumps in the road and, you know, have have they actually been tested so far in in the league, in the round robin stages this year? Potentially not, not, not really like. So I think this is going to be their big test uh, this weekend. I think this is going to really let James Stevens know where they are in in com- in comparison to you know a very much seasoned Mullinavat team as well. Um, I think it's going to be nip and tuck. The one thing I will say about G- James Stevens, they have no fear. And I think when you have a bunch of very, very young players that have absolutely no fear, some of them aren't going to know the Elaine Aylwards. They're not going to know the Leanne Fenleys. They're not going to know the Julianne Malones. They're going to have no fear going down to that. They just want to go out. They want to play camogie. And they're on such a high at the moment. They have, you know, the memories of winning a junior county final last year. And these girls are probably thinking, oh, imagine the night we're going to have now. If we win an intermediate one, it'll be 10 times better. And they're 60 minutes away from it. And I do... I, th- I think they could really I, th- I think this is going to be a dogfight straight away um, when it comes to the, like a bit like Barrow Rangers and St. Clair's Mullinavat has been there they have the experience yeah. of last year in the semi-final again Mullinavat did not perform in last year's semi-final they would tell you that themselves yeah. Emeralds St. Anne's just blew them out of the water all over the pitch the fact that they were missing Julianne Last mm-hmm. year, Julianne is now back and playing very, very well with Mullinavat. It mm-hmm. has given them an extra edge as well. It's going to be an intriguing battle, this one. It certainly is. It's going to be definitely one of the top top two, top three games of the of the season and of the weekend as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be very, it's going to be fierce, exciting. It's, I think, you know, it's really going to come down to will Mullinavat's experience win or will the youth and the lack of fear from James Stevens prevail on the day. It's, you know, it's going to be a tough one, very hard one to call, but I just feel like with the way James Stevens are going at the moment, you know, the score lines that they're throwing up, all and said, we know that they haven't probably been, you know, too much. Nobody has kind of come too close to them, but I, you just, I, I feel personally at the moment, I think James Stevens are come along nicely and I think they could pip Mullivash, but, you know, Mullivash experience could really prevail on the day either. They could. And if I'm not mistaken, if St. Clair's and James Stevens both win their respective semi-finals, yeah. we will have the same teams playing in a county final within two years of one another. 
because if I'm not mistaken, St. Clair's defeated James Stevens in the county final when they were at junior level yeah. to go intermediate level. And we could have potentially a repeat of the junior final a couple of years ago. That would be an outstanding achievement for both of them clubs if that was to happen within a short time frame. Yeah, be serious, wouldn't it? It would kind of show you that there is no real difference between junior and intermediate level. Now, there is a massive step up when it comes to senior. But, you know, you're kind of, if you're looking at it that way, that would be a serious achievement for both teams. And, you know, it would kind of maybe give a shock to the rest of the intermediate teams in the county that, you know, the team coming up from junior are by no means to be dismissed or, or put aside like they're there and they're going to mean business. Um, but yeah, to be huge. It was beyond in Callan, that match. Um, I think I can remember yeah, there was a, only a point a or, a point or something in selector yeah. was maybe getting a little bit animated on the sideline that day we won't name who it was um, but you know I suppose the emotions of Agwan like, you might as well <laughs> no I, I absolutely will not we can't be naming names here now um, but yeah I remember that well yeah no that was a that was a phenomenal game as well and you know that would be that would be a very mouth-watering county final if that was to happen. But sure, listen, we still have we have an hour and what we have sixty minutes to go in both games at the weekend. Maybe so more. They yeah, could go to extra more, time as well. Time. You wouldn't yeah, know. So it'd be great to see. It certainly will. Well, they are two intriguing games in the Shaw's Department Store uh, County Semi-Finals at 11 o'clock, as we said already. It's going to be Barrow Rangers versus St. Clair's. And then at one o'clock, we are going to have James Stevens versus Mononavat. Uh, intriguing games is going to be. And what a fantastic opportunity to have both games on in the same venue, one after the other, to give uh, spectators value I suppose for the day and at least to be able to opposition can see who's after winning the first one and what's available to themselves then as well Um, moving on then to the Ivor Produce Junior uh, Championship which uh, saw matches played last weekend we have uh, Thomastown and Pilltown in the first game that's there now as I said before I refereed this one and when we were discussing this last week we said there was nothing going to be in this Thomastown did win the fixture going back a couple of weeks going a bit like St. Clair's did with Emerald St. Anne's Pilltown came back and pipped him by one point in their game last weekend so Pilltown march on to the semi-final on a scoreline of 1-5 to uh, 7 points and that's a good turnaround for Piltown in fairness to him. Yeah, great turnaround for Piltown. I nearly had the fear of God putting me for not uh, backing Thomastown the first day. So when I backed them the sec- second day, then they go on and lose on me. Uh, but yeah, excellent excellent result there for Piltown. They'll be happy with that, especially the match was in Thomastown as well, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, you're correct? dead right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so for Piltown to go to Thomastown there and to come out with a one-point victory, you know, that's a huge result for them and they'll be delighted with that and they march on to a semi-final there now. And, you know, you'd kind of have to be looking at them as definitely you know a team that's going to push on I suppose we're kind of looking at Thomastown we've, we've spoke so long about you know the work that's been done down in Thomastown for them to be able to have two teams that are competing at, at the top of their respective grades was great to see and now we have Pilltown doing that as well so yeah excellent result there for Pilltown they'll be very happy with that and you know I suppose it keeps all the teams in the club like training together I'm sure like their senior panel and their junior panel are all training as one so it's you know it's really keeping the training sessions well, as going. discussed last week yeah. there's 44 adult players that's available in Pilltown at the minute that is crazy like even if half of those turned up yeah. you'd have some training sessions to keep going all year yeah and you've got other clubs then that are just literally crossing their fingers that and they're going to have 12-13 yeah. players at a training session or when it comes to the day of a match wondering if they're going to have 15 players turn so yeah it's excellent work excellent work by Pilltown you know they've always had such um, you know a really good 
um, attribute when it comes to Camogie and they've always had teams just coming up and they put a lot of work into it down the club down in Pilltown have and you know they're getting their just rewards I think I seen something that was put up on social media the other night that they won the intermediate All-Ireland this day maybe five six years ago last week maybe this day five six years ago whatever the case may be the All-Ireland was 2015 yeah so what six years ago so you know like they've come a long way to kind of being like you know intermediate All-Ireland champions to potentially being you know the top contenders at senior level and now having a junior team that are in a in a junior semi-final as well it's it's a great turnaround in very few years for the club so well done to them and possibly a third team in next year as well to go into junior C yeah. like so that's great. phenomenal uh, achievement for the club and going very well and I suppose the fact then that they're able to potentially have depending on pitches at the weekend to have a double header and the junior and the senior in the one venue do you think that that'll bring I suppose an edge of expectancy then for them or will it work to their advantage that the fact that they can have a bigger crowd potentially cheering on the girls and that the extra support might get the team over the line? I think when it comes to like the semi-finals and finals it can boil down to the crowd as well on the day and I think if you've got to teams from one club that are involved in a county semi-final in the one venue uh, I think you you might see the tumbleweed going down the street in Pilltown because you would expect that everybody will be out supporting, out supporting their club that day um, be it junior and senior so yeah like I think it, it's going to be a huge advantage to them if they do if they do have it in the same venue I think it's great you know that if it does work out and it is going to be in the same venue because that's what we want to see as well like you know you mentioned it earlier on yeah, like I think it would be a massive advantage to them. You know, could you say it's going to be a disadvantage to their opposition? Well, you know, yes and no. It, it just it means that the opposition have to bring, make sure that they have all their supporters there as well. It would be a great day and it's about promoting Camogie. And I think that's what people kind of maybe need to look past as well, like that it's about promoting Camogie and it's exactly. not, about, not about having all the crowd for one particular club there it's about promoting Camogie and getting as many games in a field and getting as many supporters in there as possible Well we know Clara certainly brings a big crowd with yeah. them as they do to every age group no matter where they're playing the Pilltown Junior opponents is going to be John Locke's Bennett's Bridge after they defeated Tullerher by 13 points to 8 uh, last weekend as well uh, we did say on this that uh, potentially that John Locke's Bennett's Bridge could get the better of mm. Tullaher. Um, it certainly worked out that way. And for a team that's not together that long, they're making great strives like to be there. Um, and that's another mouth-watering clash between themselves and Pilton. And they're going to relish the fact that they could get to a junior county final themselves in a couple of weeks yeah it would be great for them I know last week I kind of chickened out and not calling the result for this um, I just did find it very very hard I was kind of in two minds I suppose you know we've spoken about the work that's been done in Tullaher at underage and with their junior club down there and then you see John Locke's Brennan's Bridge coming in an amalgamation of two clubs um, working very very hard to get the club going and get as many people involved in it that's a massive massive result for them they'll be delighted with that but I do think when you're coming up against a Pilltown team, you know, I, I fear it could be the end of the road for uh, John Locks-Bennis Bridge. And, you know, it'd be great to see them get to a county final. It'd be absolutely brilliant. A new team, a fresh team, you know, a, a team that it's the first team in their club. Like, you know, it's not a second team. Um, But yeah, no, it would be great for them. But you would have to imagine that Pilltown will probably come out that game convincing winners, I will say. Yeah, it could be a great day for Pilltown. They could have a senior and junior team in a county final. And 
I can't think of that happening within the last couple of years mm. even going back and trying to recall and I was trying to recall this all during the week to see if it has happened in my lifetime being involved with Camogie and I certainly can't remember it so that would be a, a brilliant achievement for the club I suppose the negatives then coming into the junior championship and we've been flagging this uh, all throughout our podcast over the last couple of weeks mm. is the fact that Moonkind Carrick Shock unfortunately had a walkover uh, in their quarterfinal which is not great preparation going into no. um, a semi-final but unfortunately due to whatever reasons Greg Namana and Nave Breeds decided that they couldn't fulfil the fixture last weekend and gave Munkine and Carrick Shock a walkover it's disappointing for all teams involved the fact that Munkine and Carrick Shock now haven't got a game going into a semi-final and the fact that Greg Namana and Nave Breeds couldn't play in their respective quarterfinals letting a lot of girls miss out on potential game time the fact of getting to a county semi-final and as we said all along throughout this that something needs to be done to try and help mm-hmm. the weaker clubs that can't fulfil fixtures over the weekend and last weekend was a proven point of that yeah, like you'd have to question as well there. This is the second time Greg Namana have given a walk over to the same opponents. It was Munkind the first day out. You know, is it a fear that they... Well, they actually played him in the league game and got a trouncing off them. Okay. The, yeah, they did an awful trouncing. Yeah. They got. Like it, it's, you know, it's very, very disheartening to be honest with you. It's very, very disappointing for Carrick Shock and for Munkind who, as you said, haven't had the greatest preparation I suppose on the run up to the week of the match and I suppose every club is the same you know you might do a hard enough hard-ish session maybe on the Tuesday night and you're kind of whittling it down then on the Friday because you're prepping for the match at the weekend so you know if they had known that they weren't going to be played they could have had like a serious week's training and behind their back like and you know that would have been a better preparation for them for than going out and going out to play a game or um, even pick up a challenge game yeah, against somebody just to be something. doing something yeah. yeah very very disappointing I suppose for Nave Breach, like you know, we've heard them going to having to go down to Munkine and not potentially having enough players and not having enough players well, the ready full, to play the that full team, team and they yeah, would be available not turning yeah. up or whatever the case may be very very disappointing very disappointing I suppose for the people in the club that are really trying to rally behind and make it work very you know difficult for the players that are turning up for the people that are putting in the time we've mentioned this time and time again the majority of the people out there that are involved with the Camogie Association or that are involved with clubs around the country are all doing it on a voluntary basis so it's very very hard and you know people could probably start taking it a bit personal as well like get a bit upset over whatever the case may be um disappointing when it comes to a quarter final stage you know that's a big thing for me like and I said this last week regardless of what grade it's at it doesn't make a difference getting to a county quarter final is a massive massive achievement for any club I don't care if there's only eight teams in the competition you're automatically going to be in it it to me, that doesn't make a difference. It's a county quarter final you got to. Um, but the fact as well that younger girls, and you know yourself out yeah. in Tullerone, that they can see that the adult team, whether it be a junior C, you know, or a junior or intermediate, whatever grade it can be, those girls are looking up to their idols that they can see playing mm-hmm. in the club. And if they're not able to feed a team, 
going along we'll say this year they're thinking to themselves well in a couple of years time am I going to have a team that I'm going to be able to play in at adult level yeah. or am I going to be finished playing camogie when I reach potential 18, 19 years of age which is happening to a lot of girls at the minute mm-hmm. and that's something that we try and need to address Yeah we certainly do like and I suppose I was talking to a guy today and he was delighted the Greg Namana under 14 team were after beating Dixborough Dixborough's whites in the in a, in another saw that yesterday game. yeah a massive massive result for them and he was kind of saying oh sure you know yeah it was great or whatever and I was like you don't understand like you're coming from okay I know Greg Namana is a big town or whatever the case may be but like when you're coming up against the likes of the Dixborough I don't care if it's their maroon team their white team their stripes team whatever the case may be that's a town team that have serious amounts of numbers down at a hurling field or down at the training field every day of the week and for you know a small club because Greg Namana would be accounted as a small club for them to come up and you know be able to compete with them be it them their A their B their C team I don't care what it was you know that's huge but you're dead right that's like Leitrim going out and beating Kilkenny in a yeah. hurling game like it's massive it's massive for the club like you know and that was great to see and that's on the 14 level and then it's just so disappointing at junior level we see that they haven't been they haven't been able to field two games down there and where are these young girls going to end up that's going to be the next question because in the next two three years they'll be eligible to play at adult level but where's that going to go? What, what team is it going to be with? Are they going to end up walking away from it altogether? Because, and I'm not saying the club is disbanding or anything oh, yeah, like no, no, that. Oh, no, we know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, if it does or if something were to happen, where are those girls going to go? They're going to end up losing interest. They mightn't want to travel to go play club in maybe, I don't know, Blacks and Whites or wherever the case may be or wherever the nearest club is to them. And that's really, really disappointing to see and, you know, just really upsetting for them. The fact that they can't, they, they're not able to fulfil fixture, especially for a quarter final as well. Um, you know, disappointing for Greg Namana, very disappointing for Nave Breach. I know they're after putting in a lot of work this year to try and build the club in Ballyragget and you know, just heartbreaking for to not be able to field in a county quarter final, and you know, extremely disappointing for Carrick Shock and Moonkind that they've not actually had any real preparation. They now have to play a semi final. Luckily enough, I suppose for both teams, they're, they're actually playing, playing against one each another. Other. Yeah, that, if that's a, if that's a saving grace, that's it. But you know, they'll be disappointed that they didn't get a good run out. Um, in the in their semi finals, in their quarter finals, and they'll have to go into the semi finals. Maybe a little bit rusty, not having a little game, but still, no, do you know what? They're in a semi final. They'll just have to move on from that now as well. Talking about the semi final, then obviously between Carrick Shock and Moonkine, you've been tipping Moonkine all yeah. along through the year yeah. that they're going to win the junior county final. So, head on a platter now. How do you see this one going, Carla, oh, from me? Moonkine all day, every day. Like, and I'm so sorry to like Lydia Phelan, Ashing Farland, all the girls I know down there, but I just, I, I can't see it going anywhere. If Moonkine do not win a county final, this year I don't know what I'd nearly put my house on them at this stage because I just think like they are streaks ahead of everyone else I think it is going to be Moonkind Piltown in the county final now Piltown will probably shock us all uh, but I do think at the moment you're looking at Piltown to comfortably go intermediate next year and compete at intermediate next year as well Okay, well, there you've had it. Anya has made all of her predictions for the weekend's games ahead. And what a fantastic lineup that we have. That Monkine and uh, Carrick Shock, uh, Ivark Jr. produce junior semi final is going ahead in Glenmore at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. So Glenmore is the place to be if you're a Monkine or Carrick Shock fan. Now, we are absolutely delighted to be joined in studio by the one and only 
me Mr. David Roach from the Roach Sports Injury Clinic of course David has come on board as one of our Come On Kind Team of the Year sponsors uh, David you're very very welcome into uh, our podcast studio here in KCLR uh, I suppose first of all um, we were just talking about the club championships uh, and that injury prevention uh, coming along for girls that's in the middle of the championship or for girls that has now finished the championship and going into the winter season what should they be kind of doing when it comes to preventing injuries or if they have injuries what can they do to get themselves right for it? Firstly thanks a million for having me on lads um, I'm listening away to you and it seems to be very very entertaining is the word I'd probably use uh, and factual in some parts maybe not on you but uh, yourself Martin anyway um, yeah there's loads they can be doing I guess right so yeah there's the first finger of the night um, so yeah it's uh, they could do loads actually to be fair I think what we have to understand at this point in the year as well there's no point in, in reinventing the wheel lads um, so what we should be looking at doing is thanks Martin I can see you better now um, what we can do I suppose is is make sure that all the training that we've been doing is, is geared towards game and, and uh, match scenarios. We can look at things like um, cutting and, and uh, the acceleration, deceleration stuff as well, hopping, lunging, all these types of things, which can be also broken into a warm up or a, or a cool down as well. Um, the training's in the legs, the the body should be should be primed by the, by now. So it's really just letting the, the players play and, and, and get nominated, I guess. Okay, and I suppose the fact that you are uh, have your own business going, uh, it is the Roach uh, Sports Clinic. I'm right on that, aren't I, with the, the name of it? So I suppose just tell uh, the listeners that would be listening into it exactly what you do in the clinic uh, as in relation to sports injuries or what services is available for people to come uh, into yourselves to get. Yeah, there, there's a lot, I suppose, and it's kind of expanding from when I kind of knew you guys first as well. I think when I met you guys first, it was a, a one man show. I still feel like that at times, if I'm honest, but I have brilliant staff in fairness but um, we've evolved from just myself in a small room to, to a big big practice there five six room practice with a high performance gym and a recovery centre there in the village business centre there's eight of us as I said now but we do everything from you know charter physiotherapy sports massage sports science injury rehabilitation post operation pre-operation um, a lot of performance based stuff as well with different athletes coming from the UK and, and the USA I'm very lucky to have now just announced yesterday actually would you believe that the uh, multiple Olympic champion and the world champion champion Brittany Reese has come over to see me um, just based around uh, performance and injury, injury prevention with her as well and we're actually going to put on a couple of live workshops for young athletes and, and female athletes which is Brittany's big into so that's a, quite a coup so you know everything realistically everything you, you could really want out of your local uh, physiotherapy clinics what we will cover and what we will do um, I suppose we really specialise in an area of um, post-operation stuff hip, knee, ankle replacements that kind of thing shoulder surgery and things like that as well and that's why we opened up the um when we open up the high performance gym and I'm not sure if I've told any of you just yet maybe but we're just literally after acquiring a site there near uh, Kilcreen Hospital we're about to open up and build, uh, and build a custom made clinic out there uh, high performance is gym Is that exclusive to ourselves it's here now? It's exclusive yeah it is uh, only because Anya's giving me daggers there I'll have to get something out <laughs> It could be all be lies but um, no yeah, we're really really lucky and blessed to, to open that new place now we'll have like a running track and a sandbox outside it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool yeah, I must actually say like, 
David has been like he you know he's been absolutely excellent to everybody in Kilkenny Camogie. Oh, not? Has he been years. looking after your hamstring injury for all this time that you were out? I actually, Josh, you know he actually did, and I feel like a whole new woman again. I think I was never as fit coming out for me after using you, but no, he has. To be fair, like he has been brilliant. I remember in 2016 when we were mm. competing for the All Ireland final, and I played a club match in Dixborough, and I went over on my ankle, and I tore the ligaments in my ankle, and. Mm. I think you actually gave me a horror story at the time you told me it was six to eight weeks and mm-hmm. I remember looking at you going who are yeah. you? Well, you know nothing get yeah. away from me. Yeah. This is the general um, consensus of every third course of physio so don't But imagine. to be fair to him 17, later, 17 days later I was actually back running and I was back hurling and I played mm-hmm. the semi-final as well so like you know the one thing I will say about you and I'm not trying to blow smoke up smoke at you here now because I definitely wouldn't do that to you um, but you are excellent to what you do you're very very good very very accommodating and very very professional as well and and even when I hurt my hamstring there a couple of weeks back, you know, I felt I was definitely back running after four weeks. And I know you probably don't want to hear that, but the stubbornness, I think, broke out of me definitely. But it was all down to the work there from you and the lads inside in the gym. It was great. Well, it certainly is because I know the brother was in with him as well. Um, yeah, going back, yeah. I don't know, was it last year or the year before, mm-hmm. even with the, the planter? That's don't ask right. me what that second name is. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah, uh, and announce it. But I mean, he was out almost nearly, I think, for 12 months in refereeing uh, mm-hmm. terms with it because it was so bad like so I mean it is a specialised field that you do and I know you're working a lot with the FAI as well which must be great so I mean how are you involved I suppose is the next question uh, with myself and on you now going forward and trying to get involved with uh, a team of the year that we're going to have lots of rows to try and uh, pick for this year that'll be fun that's why I'm involved I want to see that one exclusive footage to that conversation that's the only reason I'm involved um, to be fair I'm a really pro Kenny man I, I probably, I'm probably a bit cheesy and cringy about it if I'm really honest with you but I'm really pro Kenny man I moved away for a number of years and I was exposed to some really high level um, you know tutors and mentors in the UK and stuff and it gave me this hunger for, for what I do today and even more so now I've brought home with me as well and I just started a doctorate in human performance and injury rehabilitation uh, down the UL um, That was actually one of my questions for later on so yeah, if you, no, yeah, yeah you can explain that as well like, because that, that's yeah. a huge undertaking like as well in all fairness It is and this comes down to my staff my staff are absolutely amazing I, I really, they really are they're like a, a second version of me and it's taken me a while to get them to where they are but like like everybody and every everybody has a mentor I suppose in some way shape or form but they really are a credit they allow me to do all this kind of stuff they allow me to go away and warm at their camps in France with the Irish teams and they allow me to go anywhere I want to go in my career I guess and and to be honest it is quite stressful with the doctorate but it does you know that 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 itch I can't really seem to shake it but I'm trying to produce something Kenny that we don't have and never had and as a kid I was wasn't the greatest sportsman but I loved my sport and I mean loved my sport and I would I'd be devastated if I had to miss things and I know what's like and I see it in kids eyes and parents eyes and, and people's eyes like Ani's eyes when Ani came in and saw me you want you just a competitor in is there's a bit of our mind that runs away with us a small bit when you're on the pitch you think you're in Wembley you think you're in Croke Park you think you're wherever you want to be and that kind of thing really excites me um, I suppose with Anya's injury that time especially the one in, in 2016 it's kind of knowing your audience as well a little bit like and that's something I've learned through experience and if I had told Anya Fahey that that's, this is a a three week injury she'd be back in 10 days and she'd be no good to anybody we wouldn't have won our earn that year because he played brilliantly in the final I remember as well and um, it's one of those things that's known your audience a little bit uh, another lady to my right here will probably know what I'm talking about there but um, yeah I suppose how to do it all is difficult Um but it's it's a new challenge every day and I do love a good challenge to be fair well let's be fair you have two difficult customers now one on my left and one on my right here like so I mean I, I'm not going to say anything bad because you might be getting daggers but I'm stuck in the middle of the two of them here so I am but uh, I suppose the fact is that 
people have said it that you go through college, you get your degree, you get a master's degree or whatever, you go into your chosen field, but you're never really done because there's always different things or different techniques or different equipment that can come out to help athletes get back to be their best that they mm-hmm. can be. And I suppose that's where you you have the passion for that. And that's what you want to try and do is get athletes back. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a, a mentor of mine in England said to me before, he said, Davey, he said, like, getting your, your BSc and your master's is like a ticket into the dance. But nobody says you can get on the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah. Are you able to dance? Like, you know, you have to learn, you apply your trade. There's loads of people out there who can, you know, pass exams and, and be quite academic, but it's how you mix academia and experiences is, is there. And that's a challenge for everybody. That's what gets me up in the morning. And, you know, for me personally, I, I you know, it's trying to break that timeline, trying to give an athlete like a, you know, a six week uh, timeline and then try beating that as well. And we, we actually rarely work off of timelines now on you and lads. Uh, we really do. We, there's no point me telling you that you're out for six weeks because I kind of want to be done before six weeks. I, I will put people through a block and I'll explain to them the process. I'll explain to them how I want to get you better this day, that day, move on to the next day, make your body, you know, more tolerant of, of, of the demands and, and fit for purpose because your purpose, Martin, and your purpose on you are completely different to, to different athletes that come and see me. But the one thing we all have in common on, would you believe is whether it's you Anya or it's the Olympic athlete that's coming in December is you're made the same there's no unicorns we have the same phase of um, healing responses inflammation proliferation remodeling phases and your body will demand that you're put to those in a safe and, 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 and uh, achievable way shall we say yeah, I follow you a lot on social media, obviously, because right. you're through the channels with the Camogie and my own yeah. club at home with Sleeve Roo as well. Um, and the fact that I see an awful lot of players now are in the cryo suite to get mm. these boots on. Um, yeah. So I suppose you might tell people exactly what these are or what benefits that they are, first of all, to players as well. Yeah, like huge, lads, like massive. Like, I think if I'm honest with you, I really have done that place of disservice because we're so bloody busy in clinic that I don't have a chance to actually get off the ground. But a lot of teams, were like, I think at the moment we're like um, a little hidden secret a lot of private teams come in now like all this Sunday were booked up and stuff private teams come in but it's unbelievable because again just like I mentioned uh, Martin as well is that our body goes through information and responses to fix itself now you're kidding yourself if you go you go play 60 minutes on a, on a, on a Saturday if you don't think your body doesn't recognise that but it sees it as an insult it sees it as a change from the normal and your body tries to go back to normal ve- measures very very quickly because it's information response what the recovery suite does is it brings you through a systematic way of musculoskeletal uh, hormonal and physiological and actually mental uh, uh, re-energising shall we say we use the recovery boots which are brilliant and they will buffer out all the lactic acid that's in your sit- tissue after a game because lactic acid is a waste product of oxygen which we need you know we breathe in breathe out that's the lactic that lactic acid is the, is the waste product so once you can buffer that out your legs feel instantly smoother and oh, sorry smoother <laughs> sorry Anya yeah your legs, your legs feel instantly better yeah I know Anya's like throwing the hands up there brilliant no it makes you feel instantly lighter instantly lighter shall we say we'll then push you into things like the um, the foam rolling area which kind of will actually manifest and take away some of these um, knots that you have in the, in the tissue as well the cryo is probably one of the most interesting ones it's one of the most common ones and popular ones shall we say because that isn't for me a physiological or um, a, a physical response, even though it's really, really cold. What it does is, I know, right? What it does, it's actually so cold. Your body can't actually register how cold it is until you're in there for 30 or 40 seconds. Yeah. But what it does is it tricks the body into thinking that it's going to hypothermic shock. 
it then releases a concentrated dose of hormones down to the area that's actually maybe injured or that's causing a pain or stripe, shall we say. And that in turn brings you through that inflammation phase that I spoke about to start quicker. And then what happens then is that once you're through that phase quicker, your body's ready to compete again quicker as well. So if you can imagine athletes who are in a four week training block or a training block, let's say two weeks for the county final. And if you've played, I think the clinic motion did last year, did the year they won the All-Ireland, uh, Brian Dowling was on to me a couple of times, had the girls in, they were very proactive about it. But what happened, what could happen is if you have a two week block and you've played on a Saturday, what happened is, is is that the information itself will need to pass quite quickly. It takes two or three days to pass. If you're in there on a Sunday morning or a Monday morning, your true information phase really quickly. It means you can train harder on a Tuesday night. You then come in again on Wednesday after that training session, your body's going through this phase quicker, so you're ready to go on a, on a Friday night. Alternatively to that, what can happen is that you can train really hard on a Saturday, your body is doms, it's stiff, it's sore. You go into the training session looking to get a recovery um, you know, response out of the training session, but the training session should be about performance. So now you're just missing one train session of performance at least. If that happens over four sessions in two weeks, you have half your performance outcomes in that session. But if you do it the way we do it in, in the clinic and you do the cryo recovery and stuff like that, you have four sessions, you've doubled your performance sessions. And that applies at the highest level, obviously. Do you know what applies even more? It's in youths. So kids need training age. So kids, you know, they need to train more often. They need to train with their bodies fresh and then they can be better athletes all the way around. And that's, you know, I'm not saying come into the recovery center every single, you know, day or week. It's, it's, it's about managing your team. It's about managing young athletes and giving them the best possible chance to be as good as they can be. Yeah, and I'm a complete novice when it comes to all this stuff. So my ignorance on parts of it, like, would always mm-hmm. shine through. But you know the way that you see... I would take inter-county hurlers or whatever that mm-hmm. goes out and they play a match on a Saturday and they have a big hamstring tear according to the media or whatever yeah. and the next thing you see that they're going down to the cryo chamber in Wexford is the boots then the same kind of format but on a, a smaller type scale that you don't need it or explain exactly why the benefits of a cryo chamber are they do more damage to themselves trying to do that more quicker to get back on the field? That's an excellent question. But I think I think what happens here, if you think about the cryo chamber, would you believe is actually shut down in Wexford now, would you believe? So this kind of leads me into another thing which you probably don't know about here, which I'm I'm terrible at marketing. Are you giving ways. us a new exclusive you're in the cryo I'm, chamber? I'm pretty ma- <laughs> not just that, they're a hundred grand Martin. I want the exclusive, but that's a bit much, right? Um no, but the idea behind the cryo chamber is this. Let's say you rock in there with a with a sore hamstring, right? The chamber treats all of you. So your body doesn't really realise what's happening now. It'll try to fix everything, hence dilutes the session. So we've come away from the cryo chamber. And also what happen is if your body is shocked into that cold, it has a response, a flight or flight response. So you kind of get a little bit maybe aggressive, not that you get aggressive in there, but you have an aggressive shock to the system, which may not be preferable if you have a serious injury as well. What we actually have in the clinic now, Martin, thanks for bringing it up, is actually a localised cryotherapy gun, which actually treats the joint or the tissue itself. I didn't use that new one, you don't think, did I? Didn't like it enough, that's fine. Um, but it is actually, there's actually some footage of it online but it's a gun that frees the tissue to minus five degrees and that would actually work on the exact tissue that's causing the problem and then from there it's all about bringing it through the phases systematically of healing proliferation phase or remodeling phase getting the tissue ready for the load that needs to go through it i.e. twisting turning stopping h- jumping landing you know playing a game for 60 minutes as well so that it depends again on severity Martin then of, of said injury but we see a lot of people come down to us now rather than whites and whites have actually shut down as I say yeah, they, they're done yeah they're done because it was costing too much money to actually um, keep it ticking over Mm -hmm. and all the science now shows that that's not the best way to treat injuries anymore. 
Okay, I suppose when it comes to sports injuries and medicine and the whole lot, they're kind of intertwined to a certain degree mm-hmm. in one another. And that's obviously why you're going doing a doctorate and to upskill and the whole lot and get up to date with all the latest stuff that's going on. But mm-hmm. uh, I suppose it's never going to go away. You're still going to need the physio at all of the games, which brings me to my next point. Like, where do you find the time? Because <laughs> if I'm looking at a, a camogie team, you're out with him. If I go to umpire for Gavin, you're at an O'Loughlin's game on the sideline <laughs> with the hurlers or wherever like I know that you have a family and a small family yeah. at home as well like where do you find the time to do all this I've, I've become very organised I think I, I've, I've my, I live with my diary now and, and I do like to have my hand in a lot of different things and yeah no I suppose it's, it's juggling as a thing as well but this kind of happened organically to me as well and I, I it's not that I can't say no but I just, I just love I'm just driven to help people as well and, and I'm, I'm quite proud to offer that service as well and become that kind of trusted advisor around the place if, if, if I can say that but um, yeah definitely my diary rules me a fraction as well I'm very understanding Mrs. and a, a tree roll that just probably doesn't notice it just yet I think sooner now or later, later, later she's going to realise that I'm not there maybe as much as should be but uh, that's three. she's three yeah. seriously three years ago I know right oh my god I know getting old we can't go without speaking about the two Johnnies <laughs> are yeah. they going to make it in any sport at the top level for Ireland um, there's no amount of cryotherapy in the world that can start that I don't think to be honest with you um, or jigs and reels or PhDs or anything that can start but to be fair to the two boys they're, uh, they're actually a layer and you know what that's how they actually are yeah. that's how they are and they're two funny guys um, both of them bring something different to the table too I think uh, Johnny Smacks is quite is quite articulate in how he wants to, he's a one take kind of guy and then Johnny B is brilliant and he he's just like if he's failing or something he'll just get dirty with it like and that's kind of equally as funny as well but from the moment about two guys we spent about three or four hours together and just literally zipped but um, I think they got to the American football panel in the end actually yeah yeah I think they got to the American for the Irish American football, football panel in the end yeah Um, but that show is brilliant I love the two boys and, and we'll look at maybe getting on their their podcast at some point maybe as well we'll see what happens there well there, there you is. never know what you find on any podcast around including our own one here <laughs> but uh, David we're just running out on time uh, ever so slightly we want to thank you for coming in and having a discussion with us we wish you all the very best with your clinic it's fantastic the work that you do not only for the people at Kilkenny with all the sports teams that's around both hurlers camogies golfers you know soccer mm-hmm. players you name it you have everyone that uh, you're able to cater for everyone there as well and especially for getting involved with the two of us when it comes <laughs> to uh, come on kind with the, the podcast and um, I know that we'll uh, certainly be inviting you there for the team of the year you are our senior sponsor That's as well right. you haven't seen the jerseys yet I don't think they are fab oh, you, well, they are fab you will Super. really 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 like them uh, Anya when she comes to designs is brilliant and things like that she's participating wow. for the, the house that she's doing up at the minute like so she's getting plenty oh, of gosh. practice uh, in with us all but <laughs> thank you very much we certainly wish you well with your doctorate as well I know it's not going to be easy I think it's four years in yeah, total is it years, yeah so yeah. four long years but I have no doubt everything you put your hand to you've hit it out of the park oh, anyway Um, so the very best of luck with everything and to yourself and all the family as well and thank you for getting involved with ourselves Thanks on so that. Much, man. Appreciate that guys. That was David Roach our senior come on kind team of the year sponsor from the Roach Sports Injury Clinic and you can find them online uh, through Instagram through Facebook and the whole lot whatever you want to do find it out and David is more than obliging to help anyone out but that is all we have time for here on come on kind this evening you know yourself if you want to listen to us just download it on all of your podcast channels wherever you get it we are available each Tuesday 
night uh, for the moment we had to shift because of championship uh, deadlines and that but hopefully that you are enjoying the podcast but that is it from episode number 8 from myself Martin Quilty and Anya Faye and we will be back next week previewing uh, the county finals which will be taking place on the 14th of November but for the time being it is good night from here this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmi. Oh,